Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio. And Mahomes is on fire! Here's the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens. Let's ride! <laughs> I'll never get tired of saying that. You love it. Chiefs Nation. You love it. It's Let's Pride. Is that okay to say? Mm. Arrowhead Pride is what we mean? Let's Pride. Yeah. Hey, there we go. Just like that, we figured out our slogan. Pete Sweeney, Chief Editor of Arrowhead Pride Radio, and the online source for all your great Chiefs information. One of my best friends, one of your best friends of the city. If you know that something is going to break news-wise for the Chiefs, at PG Sween on Twitter. How are you today? Feeling pretty good. Okay. The Chiefs' upcoming opponent has a weird record. Yeah. One, yeah. All once. One eleven and one. Yeah. Make a wish. The binary, binary number record. One binary? eleven and one. Yeah. What is this like the Matrix? Well, isn't that what the Matrix is? All like binary code. Great Nicholson with us here as well. So. Jay Binkley still distracting him from everything. What's new? Grant, I got a great parlay for you tonight. <laughs> Do you think that Jay's talking about football in there with Grant? Of course. He's talking about the Sugar Bowl. It's Jay Binkley's Bama Tide. And you know Binkley doesn't give a piss about nothing <laughs> but the Tide. And then there's there's Grant, who let's, is... Let's Tide, if you will. No, 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 no. no. We're not let's let's E-Ma, man. You got to root for K-State in that game. You're not. No one's rooting for Bama. But Binkley, of course, has to, like, sugar it down, or I guess water it down. And sugar, like, sugar it down. That, yeah. that sounds more fun than water. I, I'm, you know, you know me. Fun is my middle name. It's not. It's Curtis. But... It should be fun. But, no, the thing is, is that Binkley, of course, like immediately goes to the excuses and is like, well, Bama's not going to have any of their starting players because they don't care about the game. Deuce Fawn, 150 yards. But, anyways, that's college. This is a pro football team show, the Kansas City Chiefs. Pete, let's dive into what was the most confusing Chiefs game we've seen probably since the Cincinnati playoff AFC championship game because the grenade toss by Mahomes, which, by the way, was he looking at McKinnon? Because I haven't figured this out yet. I do not think completely. It okay. might, might have been one of those, you know, we say no look throws. This yeah. is a new variation. It's a side eye type of throw. Yeah. I thought upon second look and third look. Because if you do the picture right, they showed him throwing it, but it's like from this angle. And if he's looking at McKinnon, he would almost be looking directly into that picture, and he's not. Sometimes in, in, in situations, life calls for you to use your periphs. Mm. You know what I mean? And I thought this was one of those moments okay. for Pat. Yeah. What was your immediate takeaway from that game? Because you and I both had almost identical tweets that day, which was, when do you rest the starters when it's 27 to nothing? (laughs) And then it's, hold on, people. We've got a game. Yeah, I had a Chad Henney tweet around three minutes left in the the second quarter that people were revisiting as the third and fourth quarters were going on, which, you know, that's never a good sign for (laughs) how the game's going. And what I I would tell you is after – I, I think my initial thing was, yeah, are you disappointed that they let the Broncos back in a game when you're up 27 to nothing? Are you upset that it came down to one possession? I, I think all those things are valid, but I, I, I didn't really appreciate what happened in, in the days to come, which was this like extreme panic. Like suddenly the Chiefs are, are not a good football team. And I, I zoned in on the game and I just think it, it's, it's, it's tough in a way for people in the city, and I don't, I don't blame anyone for this, and I said this earlier on the drive. It's, this was a game that if Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw interceptions, they blow them out. The, that's what this game was, and 
for good reason. We all never want to blame this quarterback because he's so good. He's had, what, a handful of bad games and 76 regular season starts. But if he doesn't make those bad decisions, what transpired as far as the comeback doesn't happen. Now, are there concerns about the defense? Of course. But this idea that because the Chiefs only beat the Broncos by a certain amount of points and they allowed a certain amount of points when Patrick Mahomes put the defense in a short field, bad position, I don't think it's grounds for panic, especially when we've seen over the years division games come down to, to this. I believe it was even pre-Mahomes. Do you remember when the Chiefs played, for example, the 0-10 Raiders and everyone thought, hey, the Chiefs are just going to roll over them and then the Raiders get that win? The AFC West games are, are different. It's a little different this year because the rest of the AFC West is so bad, but it's still an any given Sunday thing. You see that across divisions in in the entire league. So my, it's a game where you want to grow from it, but my panic level is not nearly as high as it feels like most of the loud Chiefs fans around the city. Are you more concerned after that game with the offense or the defense moving forward? Definitely the defense. And, and I just brought up the, the Mahomes point. I, I think if, if Pat doesn't throw those interceptions, it's a completely different game. And I want to get this stat out there again in the two games where Pat has had three interceptions prior to. So this is a combined stat line. He has 549 yards, seven touchdowns, and zero interceptions. So, so Houston's in trouble. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to say the line that I could easily say right here. If you're sharp, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think, yes, I think Houston is in trouble, and I, I think he is going to come back very clean. Usually after these, after these bad performances, he's almost – like a super Mahomes. But just to get back to your question, of course I'm concerned about the defense. You're not concerned about Patrick Mahomes after a bad game. What you are concerned with are when they're in that short field, having receivers wide open, having broken coverages and busted coverages, and having a situation where your defense as a whole is just struggling to to turn the other team over. Those things really, really help in the postseason when the margin for error is smaller and the teams are closer together. Uh, I think that's always going to be the answer, though, in Kansas City. It's not just this year. That For the next, what, 10, 15 years it'll always be. Can the defense live up to the offensive side? Because Patrick Mahomes is that damn good. Grant, let's get into the injury report. It's a new week in the NFL, which means it's time to take a look at the new injury report for the Chiefs. Week 15. All right, Pete, you were there every day, every Wednesday, the first practice of the week for the Kansas City Chiefs. Gearing up for the Houston Texans, and not only that, but the easiest stretch remaining for any team in the NFL. What did you see today, injury-wise? Well, this was actually a little bit alarming, and not not that we need like the tornado siren or anything, but Patrick Mahomes appeared on the injury report. What? And, and that has happened before, so relax about it. But the designation is what caught my eye. He's listed with a right hand. Okay. That's pretty important for Patrick Mahomes, that magic hand that he has. But Did he, he hit a helmet last week that we didn't see? or Not really sure what's going on there. And okay. the problem is you know, these coordinators, they, they don't really talk about injuries. We won't get any further information on that probably until Friday when Andy Reid talks to the media. He was a full participant, so I don't think it's a huge worry. I don't think there needs to be any concern about him not being able to play on Sunday. But whenever the quarterback of your football team – who's in the MVP race, appears on the injury report with a right-hand issue. Don't like it. Something to watch. The two limited participants were Kadarius Toney with a hamstring and then Nazi Johnson, the reserve defensive back, the rookie, also with a hamstring. They were both limited. They're continuing to bring Kadarius Toney along. 
Not appearing on the injury report was McCole Hardman, who was back to practice. He now opens up a 21-day window where the Chiefs can activate him. I tend to think this will be an ease back in week. I don't think they'll activate him to next week, but good to see him back on the field trying to get off that injured reserve. What does that mean for McCole Hardman? I get the 21-day. They just have 21 days to either activate him or not. It normally doesn't get to that. Yeah. More important to get McCole Hardman back, more important to get Kadarius Toney back, or scratch both those questions, Dusty. It's more important to have both of them back. Yeah, I think the answer is yes to that either-or question. And that was something I got to talk to Mahomes about today at his press conference. That was that was one of my questions. What were you really missing with McCole? He had a great answer, honestly. And he lumped KT, Kadarius Toney, into it as well. Just your speed. I mean, McCole Hardman is a 4-3-3-40 guy. Darius Tony is a 4-3-9-40 guy. When you have them on the field, you have to know where they are at all times. Not to say that MVS isn't speedy, but there's just another tick that these two individuals have. And so Mahomes' point was getting them back in the mix sort of opens everything up for everybody else. want to say on the Texan side quickly, Nico Collins, Brandon Cooks, Damian Pierce, all not practicing today, and all of those guys are, are likely to not play on Sunday. So not only are you facing a 1-11 and 11 and 1 team, but some of their stars will probably be out of the mix. So this has a recipe for a blowout. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Can we say that with the Chiefs? Are we, are we sure that they can cover? I don't know, man. I don't know. I just know that it's it's a positive sign that Hardman's coming back. I think Kadarius Tony, in my opinion, plays. Maybe not. I mean, I know they're trying to get him polished and ready for the playoffs, but it just, it seems like if you're going to do it, this is the week to do it. It's the easiest matchup. It's where you can actually get away with a mistake. If maybe you don't run the right yardage or you run the right route, you can still kind of go focus on that. But I I think Tony will, again, I I think he'll be, Mm -hmm. I think he'll play a handful of snaps, at least in this game. Hardman remains to be seen, and when I asked about Hardman today, the the answer I got back was he lost a lot of weight. So I think this was more of an illness thing. A little unclear exactly what was going on with Hardman. He won't speak to the media until he's back in the mix, Mm -hmm. but what that tells me is there was a little bit unknown of when he's going to return. I think what we learned today with him getting back to practice is this is not a season-ending thing. He -hmm. will be back at a certain point, but if he's working on keeping weight on, that can sometimes take longer than a week. So I think he'll be back against the Seahawks on Christmas Eve, but this is just still something to monitor, similar, in a sense, in a more minor fashion to Patrick Mahomes on that right hand. You always just want to monitor what these guys are doing and their availability and so on and so forth. That voice is Pete Sweeney. That report is the injury report sponsored by absolutely no one. Someone could step up. Grant Nicholson producing this thing. Dusty Likens with you. Coming up next, Ron Kopp, the lead analyst of Arrowhead Pride, gives us what he's watching, what he's looked at, and what he thinks as we move into week 15 of the Houston Texans here on Arrowhead Pride Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Back in on 610 Sports Radio, this is Arrowhead Pride Radio, where everything dedicated to tonight is Pete Sweeney, Ron Cobb Jr., everyone involved with Arrowhead Pride Radio. A little bit of a lackluster week again, uh, as it is the Houston Texans. Ron, thanks for joining us again tonight. I appreciate the time as always. How are you doing on this lovely Wednesday evening? 
I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm I'm ready for this playoff stretch. I, you know, the regular season is definitely going to drag on, and you know, I don't know how much we're going to learn about this team the next four weeks. I think it's going to be a lot of just you know um, games like we kind of saw Sunday. So uh, I'm ready for the playoffs, man. I'm, I'm tired of waiting. Okay, I have. I'll start the questionnaire off tonight since you watch all the video. You're you're locked in. Is is Mahomes a little off? On the deep ball, is it is it is it off by a yard or two, or is it just still trying to get the uh, the communication and the and the strides down with the new receiving core, even though it's week fifteen? No, I, I wouldn't say um, you know he's particularly off. Um, I do think we're underrating a little bit of, of missing a guy like McCall Hardman in the offense. You know, the only receiver that was a holdover from last year. So you are talking about a lot of guys, um, you know, that that weren't with him. You know, don't have tons of chemistry with him and you know I know it's later in the season obviously but you know I also do think he just he's just an aggressive playmaker and you see some of these interceptions the last few weeks you know the Rams game is is in the same vein Mm -hmm. you know the one in the end zone with with these Denver ones you know he's just pressing the issue a little bit forcing him maybe a little more than he needs to he's that's just who he is he's got that in his in his blood and and you know it's funny I, I just feel like sometimes you don't really see that until the game's kind of in a more decided way I think again the Rams game was kind of like that the Broncos too where you know I think he's just he's just a little over aggressive and you know he could he could stand to maybe you know uh you know just not force those throws when you're already up and but I think he just likes to be aggressive in those situations he doesn't like to be conservative he doesn't like to play conservative ever so um I I think that's more of what it is and again I think it's a big thing missing Hardman and Tony too Kadarius Tony who looked like a big part of this offense I think it's a really underrated thing where, you know, um, and, and it may be, you know, one reason why maybe you see some of the struggles with Mahomes in recent weeks. Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens on Arrowhead Pride Radio, 610 Sports Radio and the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, talking with Ron Kopp, our lead analyst. Ron, it's been a panic-filled week in Kansas City. So as our, our lead film analyst, wide net here, what would you say to all the Chiefs fans that are concerned that maybe this is not a Super Bowl team anymore? Well, I would tell you that you got to look at this year. You got to look at the full body of work and you got to compare it to previous seasons. And you got to understand that the season really hasn't gone much differently than any season in the Mahomes era under Andy Reid, obviously there's going to be your, your highlights, right? Your highs, highs of highs, you know, beating the Niners, beating the Bucks by the, the ways they did, you know, putting up those points, but there's the lows, and, and we've seen it every year. You know, I mean, the, the Super Bowl run year, you know, there's obviously, you know, at one point, you know, we don't even have Mahomes on the field, and you're looking mm-hmm. like it's all bleak. I mean, you know, it's, there's ups and downs to every season. There's ebbs and flows, and, and I do think this season's, you know, turning out to be pretty similar in terms of, you know, they've shown that they can have that high feeling, right? You know, in, in previous years they've had too, but, you know, this year they've shown that they can be that team that, puts 44 on, you know, a 49ers defense that, you know, can't and no one else can score on, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's, that's the, the thing I, I think. And, and then you see the lows, but we've always had those. And, and especially with a team that's done this so many times, there's, there's some lulls in the season, especially at this point of the season when the division pretty much feels like it's locked up, you know, you, you're just waiting for the January football and, and, and this team, like I said at the beginning of this call, man, imagine how Mahomes and Kelsey are feeling guys that have, <laughs> just, you know, run through this schedule over and over and over again and just you know, they know when it matters most. So I, I, I think that's what I would say is that this season really isn't much different than previous, including one where they, they won the Super Bowl. Right, Ron, this is kind of, I guess, a, a, a pick one or the other, uh, RKJ, is who, like, 
the defense is so young, right? Karloftis, I think the last three games, he has a sack. McDuffie's back, kind of getting to the flow of it. Is this defense, Is it? can it get, it get ready and get right for the Super Bowl run? Because Pete asked the question of, do people still believe this Super Bowl team? I think you'd have to be, I don't know, underneath the rock to not think that this team can win the Super Bowl just because of who they have at head coach and quarterback. But is this defense, is it going to be ready to get itself ready for a Super Bowl run? Yeah, it's a great point to bring up because I mentioned that this, this, this year isn't maybe as different from other years. Well, when you do look at the statistics, the, the one year the Chiefs did have statistically, you know, and DVOA is kind of the way to, to measure it, uh, you know, by my standards, just efficiency. The one time they were in that top half of the league in defense was that Super Bowl year, right? Every other year they've been a little lower, closer to the 20s, maybe in the 20s, and they haven't gone all the way and won it all the way. And, and, and you've seen defense be a part of that. I do think they have they have a group that can do it because we've seen uh, you know a tw- the 2019 group. Yes, maybe you know you have an All Pro safety in Tyron Matthew. You don't have that All Pro guy in the back end this time, but I do think with 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 an elite talent and Chris Jones with the playmakers that they do have, you know, just just all over the defense in the cornerback room, they've improved at corner. I think they do have enough because you know, like you mentioned, it's it's all about Mahomes, but. You know, I, I really just feel like defense needs to just make more plays in, in the back end, and, and they'll really be fitting enough. You know, I, I think the safety group, you're really, and I mentioned Tyron Matthew already, but you're really missing a guy like that. And I think you, you see it in games like Denver, like the Bengals game. Yeah, that's going to be the one thing that, that is different from, from, from years past and maybe the difference maker. You know, I, you know I, I still think a guy like Snead can do that. A guy like Trent McDuffie has shown it a little bit, and, and, and Juan Thornhill – in spurts, right? Not not enough, but in spurts. And if they can just make a few more down the stretch, you know, not not play so much by the book and just kind of, you know, maybe create a few more turnovers, you know, get that turnover differential a little better, that's when I'll be more confident. So as long as I can force a few more turnovers, I think the defense can do do enough to, to win a title. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that point with you on the safeties because this was your article today for us at arrowheadpride.com. It's the Chiefs defense missing that playmaking from its safety position. And I'm trying to remind people of this. Juan Thornhill stand or stood, I, I should say, at the, at the podium preseason and said, I was going to be an all-pro. It doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. But we have four games left. And I, I think we have seen glimpses of Thornhill being, at times, that ball hawk type of guy. Now, this might be a hard question, but is that the difference? That surge, potentially, of Thornhill maybe the difference in what could set this defense off run? Yeah, exactly. No, you're you're hitting the nail on the head, and and actually, Juan did have uh, you know one of his better days playmaking wise against Denver. He had a pass breakup early, and he also obviously had the sack, so that is encouraging. But I do lump him and Justin Reed together. I, I lump them together because they're the two starting safeties, and they do interchangeably roles a lot. But Reed really is the one that is lacking the playmaking, you know, more so than Thornhill this year. Now Thornhill, actually, according to PFF, actually is tied for the the league lead among safeties and passes defended. So when I, when I come on here and tell you that the safeties aren't making enough plays, Thornhill might get mad at me a little bit. But I, it, it, I, I lumped Reed in there because Reed's really the one that, you know, no interceptions, two passes defended right. this year, no tackles for loss. He's the guy in the box too. And, and you need and, – and I just feel like there, there needs to be a little more – because he, he is a solid player. And, and, I, and, and I'm not here to say Reed's not a, a good player. He's a very solid player. He just plays too by the book to me in my opinion. I think, you know, you need a guy to maybe, hey, on film study, I saw this play, you know, and this tendency and this down, and I'm going to guess it and, and go for it and jump this route and make the pick. You don't really see that. And, hey, maybe that's him being the first year of the defense. Maybe that's, you know, and maybe he's still, you know, getting his – 
his legs under him a little bit in the Spagnuolo defense, and maybe that's why you see Thornhill able to make a few more plays than him. But I do think if those two can can kind of just turn that dial a little bit up more of just, you know, hey, you know, just making a few more positive plays, big plays, big impact plays, I think that could be the difference, what you're saying, Pete. I, I really do think it could. Ron, it's uh, Wednesday night. It's almost time for you to head out, but uh, what do we got to look forward to the rest of the week, and what's got your attention moving forward at Arrowhead Pride? Yeah, you know, I, I know it's a little bit of a, you know, a boring week, you know, playing the Houston Fairy. Texans. And, and, yeah, and, and, and you know, I, I was a little worried about this game for a second with Damian Pierce, you know, the, the you know, got hard hard to tackle, the running back for the Texans. Right. And now he's not playing, so not, you don't even have that fun line to kind of maybe test the Chiefs defense. So, I'll just have opponents scout and five things to watch, and 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 I'll be you know more focused on what we can learn about the Chiefs this week. Maybe not exactly you know the the you know what to know about the Texans, but it's, it'll still be a game and 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 uh, you know uh, Sunday at noon. So yeah, just check it out arrowheadpride.com. Well, hopefully by halftime you're doing your uh, your Christmas wrapping or whatever it is you do for the holidays. So Ron, <laughs> we appreciate you joining us tonight. We'll talk to you next week. Take care, be safe, and uh, good luck uh, getting making through this game without taking a nap at halftime. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. All right. That's Ron Cobb Jr., the lead analyst of Arrowhead Pride. Are you planning some Christmas wrapping? during? Man, I'm a last-minute guy. I'm telling you what, man. I I will be doing it during the Chiefs-Seattle game. That's where I'll be. Wow, that is late. Oh, yeah. Nothing but Bruce Springsteen on repeat, two songs all day. and the whole. I'm sorry, four songs all day. Bruce Springsteen, Santa Claus coming to town, Merry Christmas, baby. Um, we'll do the Peanuts theme, and we'll do the Home Alone theme on Shuffle just all day. That's my Christmas list. I think that was five. That's four. Uh, that's Pete Sweeney. I'm Dusty Likens. Grant Nicholson here with us as well. We come back. I'm going to ask Pete a couple questions. It's time to be the Big Bad Wolf against the uh, Little Pig on Arrowhead Pride Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. We are back on Arrowhead Pride Radio. We, Grant Nicholson, Pete Sweeney, and Dusty Likens. Pete Sweeney holds rank in the room as he is the chief editor of Arrowhead Pride. This is his show, not mine. But he likes to share it with us in Kansas City with all of you Chiefs diehard fans that were a little bit squeamish, I guess, in the second half last week. I think that this show belongs to to all of us here, Mm -hmm. me, you, and Grant. I like how this show's taking over your, like, personal look. You're now starting to do the beard and to the hair fade, which yeah. is what I've been doing for yeah, I told several you to do years. That a week ago, because nice. I was gonna, I was gonna go get it, and uh, you did it. And yeah. You look, you look good. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, and it gives you like at least two more weeks of a haircut because now you can kind of change it up however you want. Well, my hairdresser, she is a sweetheart. She's out until ah. second week of January, so I, I said, yeah, you know, let's go a little shorter. Stuff. Everybody needs a vacay. Sure. Um, so I kind of alluded to it on the on the other side. Of the of the break that we're currently now in on this section, but yeah. big bad wolf, right? Not really Andy Reid's forte, but I think this is a week where you kind of need to see it, right? Like you're playing a team that is completely uh, just in shambles. I mean, their coaching staff—it's not happening. Their 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 four star players are out. Could go as far as to describe them as the three little piggies. You know what I mean? Right? right. Yeah. Yes. You know, but no house of bricks. Oink oink. You know, you got straw, straw, and and maybe some wood. Sticks. You know, and I don't even think they have that. I just think all assets of their game, offense, defense, special teams, all straw houses. And I think this is a game where the Chiefs against Cincinnati, very, very janky, very just 
not a great game for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Denver, obviously the same thing. Mahomes gets a little wild, throws three interceptions. Now, some people that might have a little bit of insurance with Mahomes will say, well, two of those interceptions were very, very good. Either way, they were still interceptions. This seems to be a game where the team you were playing is inferior to you, is not as good, shouldn't even be in the same conversation, planet anywhere in the galaxy with the Chiefs. Can they do it? Can they put up a game where, I mean, I'm serious, Pete, where this is 44 to 10? I, I think we need to see it. Uh, I, I want to make this point again that I made a little bit earlier today, and, and that's the idea that we haven't seen a ton of dominating performances from this team. We saw it in week one against the Arizona Cardinals. I thought that you can make a case that, for me, their best game was against the Buccaneers in Tampa when they en- ended up only winning by 10. But the thing I liked about that, from wire to wire, it felt like they were playing a good team. I know they're 6-7 and seven now, but th- at the time, they were the top defense in the NFL. They were playing well. They were playing a good team. They controlled the game the entire time. The 49ers, you could say, okay, they blew them out, but that was more of a surge at the end of the game. If you really remember, the 49ers were in it, and then all of a sudden the offense woke up. Mm -hmm. So I think what I'm looking for is more like the Tampa game, but you're right. The point differential should be 20, 30, 40 points. This is... I know that Sean Barber doesn't like to say that the the Texans are the worst team in the league. They are the worst team in the league, especially when you consider the injuries, and the Chiefs should blow them out of the water. Now, if you are one of these people that was upset with how the Chiefs won against the Broncos, I'm telling you, there's nothing to be panicked about. If the Texans were to play the Chiefs like the Cowboys, and now you're putting two of those weird weeks in a row, bad wins in a sense, in a row, then I I think the concern legitimately grows a little bit more. So that's, I think, where I'm at on the game. I want to see a wire-to-wire blowout, not just the the blowout where the offense was bad all game and then it woke up in the fourth. No, you should be putting up two touchdowns a quarter against the Houston Texans. Correct. I mean, I'd like to see when it's the the box score, I'd like to see 14-14-14-14. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. 14. Or even 14-14-14-7. Right, I'd almost be okay with that. Yeah, that's even fine. If if Chad Henney, like I um, incorrectly predicted, eventually enters this game, mm-hmm. we can we can get seven out of Chad. I think, yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, uh, we talked about this last night on After Hours. Binkley tweeted out that the Houston Astros, Houston Astros, Houston Texans gave up one hundred and sixty eight point five. The Chiefs figured out their running back duo. I think last week. Is this a Pacheco I think to this, the house kind of game? I think this is more of a Pacheco game, yeah, okay. because I, I think he's going to be able to pick up chunk yardage on early downs. And we saw what McKinnon can do in the screen game last week. I think the Chiefs maybe go away from that a little bit because that is a dangerous weapon, and and you are right now, and this is a storyline that we talk, like to talk about every year, mm. you are putting things on tape at this stage. Sure. Now people are aware of Jerick McKinnon. Maybe dial him back for a few weeks and why don't we save that weapon for the playoffs and, and surprise people with the reemergence of that. And I, I think it's a get a lead early, hand it off to Isaiah Pacheco 25 times. Yes, that's that's kind of how I foresee it. So if you're, if you're doing your, your what, FanDuel SGP, mm-hmm. I would involve Isaiah Pacheco this weekend. Anytime touchdown over 65 and yeah, a half. Sure. Cool. Um, okay, so now let's move on. The West will be over. Like we said last week, I told you that we're more focused on maybe Miami losing instead of the Chargers winning because Mm -hmm. eventually the magic number will get to a point where it's just inevitable and it doesn't matter who wins or who loses. And we saw the playoff projections. Kansas City wins this week. The West is over. Uh, They win the AC West. Well, that's why Miami losing that game was not the worst thing in the world. It was far from it. You actually... 
it's hard to wrap your head around it, but we we all, I think, in Kansas City should have been rooting in a sense for the L.A. Chargers because the chances, even with the way that it went down, of the Chargers winning the division were still astronomical. It was mm-hmm. still 99%. So you'd, you'd rather the L go to Miami. They're sort of out of that first-round buy mix that is so important, especially nowadays when there's only one. Mm-hmm. And as the NFL goes in the final weeks, you might have been rooting – against Miami last week, and now you're the biggest Miami fan this week as they take on the Buffalo Bills. So that's the other thing I want to talk about on the other side of this is that two of the things that are kind of out of control for the Chiefs are the MVP race because Pat Mahomes just has to kind of like play his game and hope Jalen Hurts kind of has two duds or loses to Dallas on Christmas Eve. The other thing is the one seed, and somebody brought up a good question last night on the text line. They said, is the two seed necessarily the worst case scenario than the one seed? I brought your opinion up that – the first round buys a free space on a bingo card. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to play. You get an automatic win. You're in, right? You can just get to sit back and wait, keep your team healthy. Um, can Miami miss the playoffs? Because they would lose three in a row if they lose to Buffalo. And it's it's not yeah. favoring Miami this week because it's below 30. The winds are like 20 miles per hour. There's a chance for snow. <laughs> and Tua's record is like 0-4 when it comes to cold weather games. And I don't... I know that's that sounds then, like it. Yeah, uh, and then what happens in the NFL? The right. team that you you don't Parody. think is going to win yeah. wins, and and I think it can go either way. Same thing as last week with the division game, except you're actually playing a team. But I'm talking about Buffalo playing Miami. You're playing a Miami team who is pretty good. Mm-hmm. They've had a bad couple of weeks, but I, I thought they were good. I think two will turn it around. I think that yes, we feel a certain way about the Dolphins right now. If they go in on a Saturday night, which is a, a big-time spot. We don't get Saturday night NFL a lot. I always love the Saturday night game. It's one of my favorite things. And you see Miami pull this thing off, then everyone feels differently on Monday. You know, you'll have Peter Schrager saying, Miami's suddenly spicy and naming all the front office people he knows. You'll have <laughs> Stephen A. Smith going on ESPN saying, I told you that Miami was going to win this game. That's and, a great Stephen A. Yeah, and I think that... It, it's just it's a sign of the NFL where things can can be flipped on their head really, really fast. And, and Miami needs this because they need a big time win to feel like, OK, we can do this the rest of the way. It's a slope game, right? You're either climbing the slope or if they lose, you're on a very slippery slope out of the playoffs. So this is the biggest game of Miami season for all that talk that Tyree Kill did about not wanting to play with Pat and how Tua is more accurate and how he's so happy to be in Miami. Let's see how happy you are. If you're not able to win this game on Saturday night, last one, uh, Buffalo or Cincinnati, who's feared more for Kansas city when it comes to the playoff picture. It's definitely Cincinnati, right? You beat Buffalo. You've beaten Buffalo in the playoffs every year. Buffalo needs to beat you. You don't need to beat Buffalo. You've already proven that you can beat Buffalo. Cincinnati has been the ultimate kryptonite. They've been the kryptonite. They have found a way every time in a big game, not even the, not even just the playoffs, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's in the regular season as well. They find ways to beat Kansas City. Cincinnati plays a different game against other teams, but always seems to have the, the Chiefs number. And until the Chiefs beat Cincinnati, it's always going to be Cincinnati. And so I, I'm the opposite way, right? Like, I love the drama. Give sure. me the Bengals. Give me Chiefs and Bengals in the AFC. I've been saying this since... The preseason, I didn't think the Bengals got enough respect. It was Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. Look how great Buffalo is. Buffalo hadn't done anything. And so I want to see the two best teams playing to go to the Super Bowl, which to me would be an AFC title rematch between the Bengals and the Chiefs. And for the Chiefs to finally get over that hump and then to face whether it be a Cowboys-Eagles team, whatever happens in the NFC, I just think it would be a nice 
I think, segue into Patrick Mahomes' second possible Super Bowl title. I, I think it's always great in the NFL when you, you have to beat the opponent mm-hmm. that has sort of had your number. Look, the, the Super Bowl was great. I, I thought the game against the Titans in the AFC title, it's something that all of us will, will never forget. You know what would have been more special? Patrick Mahomes beating Tom Brady. And and that year, you know, Mm -hmm. and you don't look at it that way at the time, but how awesome would that have been? They got upset and you didn't end up getting that game and you won the championship. You're never going to regret that. And you faced a good 49ers team in the Super Bowl, by the way. But there's just something about, okay, like if you can, and we're not going to, we can't just assume this, but let's say, okay, Patrick Mahomes goes and and gets his second title this year. Mm -hmm. How much sweeter would it be? If you beat the Eagles, Andy Reid's old team, but the two weeks before you knocked off Joe Cool and the Bengals, who had your number for four, three or four games in a row here, I just, I think that's the story I want to see written. I try to do the logic in my head. I know we got to get to a break, but I try to think if the Bills are the one seed, Chiefs are the two seeds, Cincinnati's three, and Tennessee's four. Assuming that the top four seeds win, which they never do, that would mean that Tennessee would go to Buffalo, Cincinnati would go to Kansas City. Yeah. So your dream scenario, your Pete's Palace, I yeah. guess you would call this, would be divisional round would be Burrow at Arrowhead. AFC Championship game would be Mahomes at Buffalo. Sure. And then your Super Bowl could be but, Chiefs versus Philadelphia with all those storylines. What I would tell you is don't even look at the standings. I know, today, I know, though, I know. Because I still, I and I said this last week, I still believe Buffalo has a loss built in. And I, I think the Chiefs are going to run the table. I just think they're better than the rest of the teams. It might not be pretty. Everybody yeah. wants against Denver, but I think they're going to win all their games and the whole thing will be flipped on its head when Kansas city has the buy, but we'll see. I, I mean, you can only hope that certain teams get matched up, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm asking for that scenario, but right. When, when you live in Kansas city and you're a diehard chiefs fan, you'll take any road that leads to the chiefs having a parade down at union station leading into the draft. Right. No doubt. That's Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead pride chief editor, Grant Nicholson as well. Dusty legacy. You have a question for Pete. You have a question for Arrowhead pride. 913-586-7610 or at Arrowhead Pride on Twitter. We get to the Arrowhead Pride mailbag on the other side of this. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Back in on Arrowhead Pride Radio up to 7 o'clock. Coming up at 7 o'clock after hours with myself, Dusty Likens, Josh Vernier, Royals insider here at 610 Sports Radio. Join the show at 7.15. What are you ranting about tonight? No rants tonight. We don't do rants except for maybe like once a month. Once a month. Yeah. No rants. All right. No rants. I can't go full like Fesco on all the time with rants. You know? (laughs) Okay. That's kind of his shtick, man. All right. It's a good shtick to have. Yeah, no, it is. Um, But uh, no, it's a good, uh, it's a good, it's a good time on Wednesday nights. I always look forward to it. Wednesdays are my favorite night of the week for radio. I always tune into your first segment when I get into my car to, to leave after Arrowhead mm-hmm. Pride Radio because you do a nice job of, of just keeping it wild. Yeah, that's what I try to do. I feel like you're wearing Zubas every time you do that first segment. I'm not wearing anything that first segment. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's TMI. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Chiefs, Texans, mailbag. Every week, send us your questions on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride and at 610 Sports KC. Now it's time for the mail. All right, Pete. Mail. Uh, Mail time. I think I have rank here. Steve, Steve, Blue's Clues. Yeah. They did a documentary on that guy, by the way. I don't know if if you've seen it or not. He came back for a minute. Yeah. Uh, Was that that this year or last year? I think it was like three years ago. 
Okay. Um, All right, never mind. Steve from Blue's Clues. We just got a letter here on Arrowhead Pride. This is from G-Man and KC. Why has Mahomes' ability to throw the long ball, kind of what we asked uh, Ron Cobb Jr. tonight, why has Mahomes' ability to throw the long ball fell off irrespective um, of the change in receivers? Nearly all of his long balls come up short, even when our receivers have a yard or two on the DB. I started noticing this last year, but it's only become more consistent this year. Pete Sweeney, what say you? Well, I don't, I don't have the, the PFF in front of me, but it seems like a lot of these deep balls have been going to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And mm. this is the problem with having a new bevy of receivers in a, in a season. It's, you, you don't have the five years that you had with Tyree Kill. So I, I think as you develop some of these other gentlemen that are in the, the pass-catching rooms that it'll eventually come back and, and you'll develop that rapport. Mm-hmm. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill were just so lights out that that you know take the personality out of it that is what hurts so much about having to move on from him which which I tend to still think was the right decision it seems like it it was the right decision in in both ways where the Chiefs bought their flexibility and Tyreek is getting all the targets that he wants and more down in Miami we'll see if he actually gets the playoffs that remains to be seen but I think he's missing that chemistry that years-long built chemistry with some of these guys and I also think what he said today about Kadarius Tony and McCole Hardman. You need those type of guys to stretch the field. I'm very eager. Like I wish I had that fast forward button and click to see what Mahomes and Tony could look like maybe two years from now, since the Chiefs have him on his rookie contract. Maybe that's your new guy. And who knows? Maybe he can be in, in with with his size and, and whatnot, an even more dynamic receiver for Mahomes. This is from uh, I think it says Gen X old guy. Oh, um, Gen X underscore old guy or Darren whatever he has a beer football and a nascar racing flag as his uh as his handle okay maybe missed the draft last year i don't know but it says why do the chiefs seem to only add offensive weapons yet completely ignore the defense fans can see how bad the defense is their rankings say they're not good yet the organization ignores the problem uh Karloftis, mcduffie cook uh justin reed i think what he's saying is premium defenders okay and i guess the counter counter argument would be I mean, how's Chandler Jones doing in in Las Vegas, right? Like, how's Khalil Mack in, in Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. And I think the, the Chiefs added a, a role player in Carlos Dunlap. I think that Tyreek situation delayed them from being in the mix for any of those premium defenders. Look, let's go even to Buffalo with Von Miller. Not to okay. say that an injury would have definitely happened in Kansas City, but now he's unavailable to them for the playoffs after they paid, what is it, 33, 34-year-old, all that money. So... I think the Chiefs are buying into the youth. Mm-hmm. I think they have one of the they have quietly one of the best young cornerbacks in the NFL in Legarius Sneed. And so I think they did spend they and this the jury's still out. I think that's fair to say about what Justin Reed is going to mean to Kansas City. They have felt that he could amply replace Tyron Matthew. I think he's done a nice job replacing the final year of Tyron Matthew. Is he that nineteen version that they bought? Not yet, right? But I think that that story is still being written as we we speak and it's just buying into it the youth when you you have a quarterback that you paid a lot of money and, and you have other pieces that you have to pay money i think you have to lean into your youth somewhere and the chiefs really like their young defensive backs the problem with that is they need time they need time to to gain experience and, and be better players and I, I think you're seeing that what i would tell you too is with that tyreek hill deal and not making it i think the chiefs are bigger players in next year's free agency yeah. the question that we're all dealing with right now is 
as you punt that down the line, are you going to have enough to win this year's Super Bowl? And and I think that is a fair question. I think they they said, we think we can get it done with this crop, but I think they're really thinking about loading up for 23. The other side of the mailbag window is the text line, 913-586-716, in the Jay Southland Toast Service text line. This says, one, Pete's loose tonight from the 816. Check that. That's from the eight one five, and then from the nine one, or I'm sorry, from the where is it? From the nine one three. Yes, it says, "Is it me, or does it seem like MVS tries to basket catch everything instead of go up for the ball and just catch it itself?" Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not. He's he's a NFL receiver, so I'm not going to question his process here. But what I I would say is that the drops in Green Bay are, are still there, and so however he's going about it. You would like to see maybe him go about it a different way. I, I think one thing that we were really excited about in the offseason, and I was somebody, is you, you really saw a quick developed rapport from Patrick Mahomes and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He's having a nice year, but it's not that jump to this all-around receiver necessarily that we thought we might see it at this point. And mm-hmm. again, in, in Kansas City, this is, this is the great thing about playing in Kansas City right now. You could have an up-and-down regular season career in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. If you have a game like Sammy Watkins had in the AFC title game where you went to the Super Bowl and then eventually won it, you're going to be remembered forever, even with the up-and-downs with the injury. Maybe MVS hasn't been exactly what we were looking for. Maybe you get to the playoffs and suddenly Marquez Valdez-Scantling becomes your leading receiver in the AFC clinching game. So that there's still a, a lot of time for him to be that guy. Sometimes it takes only one game to be a legend here. And I think that's the cool part of being a chief right now. This question comes from at Dusty Likens. Um, Hi, Dusty. Hey, Pete, longtime listener, first time caller. Uh, yes. And I'll take your question off the air. Yeah. Is Travis Kelsey in a funk? <laughs> no. Now I say that because no. maybe it's, no. I need to step back and, and analyze this because he's been so great this season that maybe it's just been such a high production. The last couple of weeks, few drops yeah. the sickness quote-unquote no. is what he kind of had I don't know if he's like kind of in a funk or if this offense is just stale no Travis Kelsey's fine Cincinnati yeah. did a nice job in the first half with the two targets and he ended up having, having no receptions and, and no yardage there and so they had a nice plan for him I'm sure it's been repeated and and there, he always gets extra attention but I think look no further for Kelsey than when the Chiefs were keyword were yeah. up 27 to nothing and he's just Sitting there in Denver with the sun shining on his face, and he's smiling. Great picture. He's caught on, on camera. Great picture, great gif. And I think it, Kelsey's always a game away. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, maybe, maybe it's this week, right? I think there's a lot of pieces of the Kansas City Chiefs right now who are good, but they are in need of a get-right game. Man, there's no better get-right game than a 1-11 and 11 and one team who's missing three of their best players and playing two quarterbacks like they're a college team. So... Everything that you you feel is in a funk right now, get it right this weekend. You're going down to Houston. Have some fun. And what we're looking for ultimately, and this is what I agreed with you before, is a wire-to-wire dominant win because you are that team. That's the mailbag this week. That's Pete Sweeney. You got anything coming up uh, the rest of the week at Arrowhead Pride? Mr. Chief Editor of Arrowhead Pride. Yeah, we're going to try to get you guys to the website, even though this game is not all that exciting. So keep it locked in. We'll give you injury updates. The quarterback is on the injury reports. That's always something to monitor. We'll see what happens with Kadarius Toney and Nicole Hardman. And, of course, our great film team and our analysis team. We'll have predictions. And everybody does a great job trying to keep you guys updated. So keep it locked in here, 610 Sports Radio, and, of course, ArrowheadPride.com. Chiefs country, let's pride. Coming up next, it's After Hours with me, Dusty Likens, Grant Nicholson. will join us, too. Pete, thank you for everything. Have a good night. It's been Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. 
You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.